We're live. All right, welcome to the OFA Fit Podcast with Troy and Tanner and our guest, Andy Nicholson. Welcome, Andy. Thanks, guys. How are you doing? We're good. <laughs> um, you know, stuck at home, so we figured let's just catch up. And uh, we were bummed that Dunk Camp was canceled, but that found that the perfect opportunity to reach out and, and talk to you since we won't get to and coming up in June in person. But we are pumped for the year after. It gives us another year to, to train for it. So it's nice, nice to have that timetable. Yeah, we we just barely made that decision. We waited as long as possible, just thinking, you know, you know, things are gonna turn around. Something, someone's gonna invent a vaccine. Like the numbers are gonna drop. We're gonna be back to normal, and it just it's taking longer than I think everybody wanted it to. So we had to make that difficult decision to to postpone. But we're doing the the virtual camp, um, a much shorter scaled down version of it, which will still be awesome and fun and positive yeah, for the dunk community and and everything so we're still doing that we have something to look forward to but yeah the the big dunk camp that people may have seen or heard about that that will have to wait till uh, 2021 unfortunately yeah we're, yeah we're excited for the virtual part too and definitely signed up for it eager eager to learn learn a little bit and apply it to our own training but just yeah to kind of kick things off What's uh, what's your origin story in terms of your you know, athletic background? What inspired you to, to to try this in the first place? Like, did you play high school sports, or what? Like, can you give us a background of, of your origin story? Yeah, yeah. Um, how how much detail you want? Because it's a, I'm I'm 48, so just my hit origin the, story just the is long. Yeah, but let's let's do a let's do a five minute highlight reel. Five minute highlight reel. Okay. So uh, grew up probably like you guys playing all kinds of sports. Um, basketball was, was my favorite, which um, uh, really, really got into around eighth or ninth grade. And um, I just love jumping. Always wanted to, you know, jump off stuff, jump off the roof, jump off the balcony, jump over this, jump over that. I just always loved that. And then I saw the NBA slam dunk contest when I was like, I think around seventh grade. And, uh, Saw Spud Webb beat Dominique Wilkins. Yep. And I was like, I'd never seen anything like that before. Because uh, this guy is 5'7". And um, it's more common. Like, we don't freak out as much anymore when you see, like, a short guy dunk. But that was unheard of. To see Spud Webb do what he was doing, that was mind-boggling. No one, at least I had never seen anything like that before. So I would still freak out if I saw a 5'7 guy dunk. I would, yeah. too. <laughs> I, I guess I'm spoiled because I've seen – so many um amazing dunkers through dunk camp and stuff but it was really 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 out of the ordinary then um alien like uh, and it still would be in a lot of ways so but that so that just just lit a fire just made me think wow you know maybe uh because i was probably about five seven at that time uh, i would have been 13 or 14 years old and and i uh, thought maybe 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 i could that could be me yeah and I love Michael Jordan. I'm the biggest Michael Jordan fan, you know, I'd like to think there is out there. And, and watching The Last Dance right now is just so much fun. Yeah. Um, reliving that, yeah. So that's where it started. And uh, I actually ordered a, a vertical jump program out of the back of a magazine. Um, it was, uh, I don't remember the name of it. I would love to find it again, actually. Um, I may still have it in a shoebox somewhere, maybe, but. It was a, a, a jump program you put on your wall and you tracked your progress and that's where my, my jump uh, journey started. And 
what I consider now my very first dunk would have been when I was a freshman in college. So I would have been 18 years old. And um, it was down at the, the gym where everybody played uh, at school. And uh, yeah, I, got, I, got, I got a dunk, but I, there was no celebration because I didn't, I didn't, I didn't really think it was my first one because that had already happened. The celebration had happened a couple of years before when I had, I had dunked, but it yeah. technically, well, technically yeah. didn't count. So, yeah. Has uh, it always been off of two for you, or did you get off one back when you were in college? So that, that dunk was off two feet, um, but I was, I was in high school, I was all one foot. Yeah. Um, I jump. I didn't jump very well off two two feet at all. I'm more on the elastic um, uh, springing type jumper. Um, so one was just more of my natural uh, style of jumping, and I'm not like a super powerful uh, strength based jumper, which lends itself more to two foot. But I've, I've switched more to two foot just as I've gotten older, more just because of knee issues and and uh, things like that. You can. Yeah. They handle a little more volume. Uh, doesn't beat you up quite as as bad, I think, as uh, jumping off one. And you're you say you're five eleven. Is that is that right? I'm five eleven and a half without shoes on. Um, I always say five eleven though, because it you know sounds better, of course. But yeah. <laughs> five yeah, five eleven for the dunk videos and six one on Tinder is what they say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, you're married now, so no worries on that front. But, um, <laughs> right, so, right. So That's you, for other guys, not for me. Yeah. You, you played. Um, you played basketball in high school. Did you play in college as well, or just played pickup and recreationally? I tell people I played in college every day. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. And then, but uh, but I I wanted to play. I wanted to play in college. That was was my dream, and that's a, another long story, and I won't I won't bore you with the details, but. I'd planned to, I'd wanted to, and it ended up not working out. So I, I never played on an official uh, college team, but I did play like every day, yeah. So throughout your 20s and 30s, and I guess now 40s, did you keep up and kind of remain consistent or did you go through kind of a, a phases of, okay, now, I, now I'm in shape, oh, now I got out of shape, and now, oh, now I'm back in shape? Or what, what would you say was slash is your prime in terms of jumping and athleticism? There's two times I really stand out. Um, so in my 20s, I've, I, I guess I have skinny genetics, so I've never been one to like get really heavy or super out of shape or anything. So I've always maintained, I've been fairly fit for most of my life. Um, but there's been times when I've gotten in you know, a much better shape. I've also played tons and tons of basketball. And so if you're playing a lot of basketball, you tend to stay in, in pretty good shape it's just it's good for you it's fun anyways so probably the two peaks one would have been around age 29 um i got in in really good shape my uh first um son had been born and uh my wife and i kind of got on this kick let's just get in you know really good shape and we both worked out and uh, I got I got really lean and and uh, that was the the first time in my life when uh, dunking was easy I would call it relatively easy for me and but it didn't last very long so um, when I say I got my first dunk at 18 you have to understand too that I may not have dunked again for six months or a year or two years like Yep. I would never in a spot other than at 29, there was about a three month span where dunking was pretty easy. 
and I could dunk pretty consistently multiple times in a particular session or after a game. But if I don't work at it and I don't stay on it, that goes away. It's not like natural where I just um, can just go out and dunk. Um, guys that like don't warm up, that just walk out on the court and throw it down, just blow me away because <laughs> I've, I've, never, I've never been that way. I've always had to get you know, really warmed up. Usually it's after a couple of pickup games when the adrenaline's pumping and, you know, I'm fired up because I just won a game. Maybe I just hit a game-winning shot or I'm super mad because I just lost because I missed the game-winning shot. You know, something um, something happens where I'm just, like, super amped up. The adrenaline is pumping. and So that was one time when I hit a peak. And then when <clears throat> I decided at 42, 43 that I wanted to be in a dunk contest, um, I – train train like crazy and right around age 44 when I did that my one and only dunk contest at age 44 yeah we saw your YouTube uh, video about that the the whole oh cool there. yeah that was so familiar with that with that journey but yeah you, you were training hard for what two years it sounds like yeah I um I got so I was dunking pretty consistently and and I needed another goal I, I'm very goal oriented and I feel like when uh you know I set my mind to something and work really hard I just I've had um, you know, good results that way. So yeah, I was like, well, I can dunk now, but what's next? So that's when I was like, ah, I've always wanted to be in a dunk contest. Going back to that story about Spud Webb and Michael Jordan and Dominique, I always want to be one of those guys that could be good enough to be in a dunk contest. And, yeah. and to be honest, I still wasn't good enough really to be in a dunk contest. I could only do a handful of dunks. Yeah. But it, but it wasn't because, oh, I'm going to go enter this dunk contest because I'm going to win. It was like, you know, people that enter an Ironman or a marathon, they, they do it because I don't think they're going to win the race. They do it because it's you against yourself and goals that you have and things you, you've always dreamed of doing and trying to see, you know, how far can you push yourself? What is, what is actually possible? And I've done – I mean, I would never, never, ever would have believed when I was 18 or even 30 – or in any age in my 30s, I would have been in a dunk contest when I was when I was 44. I mean, it's just it sounds ridiculous, and it kind of is. Um, but it just shows you the power of when 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 you set a goal and and you just obsessed about it and you have a plan and you just go for it. You we're so much more capable of doing things than we I think we we just limit ourselves. We're our own worst enemy sometimes on what's possible, and we just it's so easy and convenient, you know, the, the excuse I'm too old, I'm too fat, I'm too this, I'm too that. Just, it drives me crazy because of course, I mean, it's ridiculous to try and dunk when you're 40 years old. It's so easy and convenient to say, well, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm too old. It's past my prime or whatever. And it sounds good to our mind because it gives us that, that way out and we can feel good about ourselves. But mm -hmm. I just, that didn't work for me. I just wasn't satisfied with, where I'd gotten in my athletic journey and I'm still not um, still grinding every day. Um, but yeah, I just, uh, just, we, we, I've learned some really cool things about how far you can, you can really push yourself. And, you know, it's not about being better than other people. Just what, what can you do? What's, what's your genetic limit? I'm just, I'm fascinated by that and wondering, you know, what really is my, what's the highest I can possibly jump if I just, 
you train, know, train the right way and all yeah. that kind of yeah. stuff. So I think anyone who gets into dunking or these kind of what you might deem extreme sports kind of thinks that same way. It's they want to test their limit. Yeah, push the boundaries. Yeah, you can do. But exactly. But you know, in terms of the experience you've had with that, how would you sum up your training philosophy? Is it you know the stronger I get, the better I jump? Is it more plyometrics based? Stretching. Stretching is important. What would you say is are kind of the key lessons you've learned for training? It's it's all of those things, and it's figuring out the right combination. And I think everyone's is a, is, is a little bit different, and and a lot of it's an experiment. And I've had the advantage of of doing this for a long time, and over the course of time, I I have learned um, what works a little bit better for me. Uh, I think I, I mentioned this a little bit earlier. You know, I'm a little bit more a lot on the elastic side. I'm not a powerful guy. Um, I wish I was. I want to be. I want to be like she. I want to stand under the yeah. rim and just yeah. jump up and destroy a, a tomahawk dunk off Bert. But um, I'm a much better off in an approach. I'm much more on the elastic side. And so um, I've tried to maintain my elastic abilities and uh, improve on that, um, but also try and get stronger. Um, but I, I haven't seen – Number one, I haven't, even though I've trained really hard, I'm still not I've gotten to the point where someone will go, wow, that's guy, that guy's really strong. You know, I never got to a, to, uh, a double body weight squat. Yeah. As an example, I've never been able to get to that level of strength. Um, I'm better on a deadlift. Um, that, that exercise seems to, to go better for me, I think partially because of just the way I'm built and my um, range of motion. A squat is still hard for me. Like getting yeah. down into a, a a full range squat is is, is very uh, is very difficult. But totally, I've learned. Sorry. No, I think it is for most people, especially in the West. deadlift. Yeah, no, as squatting in Western society, you never use your hips that way. You're just sitting on a chair. Yeah, it's just it's just tough for most Americans to sit in a full squat unless you actually practice it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I've gotten a lot better at it, but it's still not, it's not, it's not easy for me. Um, working on my flexibility uh, has, has definitely helped. Um, so I try to try to maintain that. I've noticed the, I do track a lot. So um, I can, I've been able to learn uh, a lot from, from going back and seeing, okay, here's, here's uh, a phase where I was jumping really well and I can see, uh, I, I know my weight. I know my body fat. Um, I know what exercises I'm doing. I know reps and weights. I track all of that stuff. So I have been able to to tune uh, my training um, and adjust it based on that. I'm doing a. I don't know if you've seen some of my recent uh, posts, but I, I've I've been doing a RSI tests. Yeah, I've seen that uh, every week. And it is an example of what I adjusted last week. So uh, two weeks in a row, my RSI fell pretty significantly, uh, which just showed that my nervous system was, was pretty shot. And so um, last week I took kind of a deload week, um, which is kind of goes against my nature because I'm always, I'm the guy that probably does too much. I'm the no pain, no gain kind of mentality that a lot of us grew up with where you just one more set, one more rep, you yeah, know, just constantly, yeah, pushing it. And that's not necessarily the best approach for, for jump training. So sometimes 
I know that's worked against my own nature of just trying to, you have to back off a little bit and let the body uh, rest. So I did that. And then my RSI uh, this week was up significantly. Um, so yeah, th there's, there's, uh, everyone's a little bit different and, and, uh, but I think what's still fascinating and frustrating about jump training is that it is still kind of a mystery. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's not, it's, it, there is principles and there's science and, and I think we are still learning, but you look at the data. I mean, the, the, the high jump world record that was set by, um, can't think of his name right now. Javier or something. I think I know who you're Yeah. Sotomayor. Thank, thank yeah. you. Uh, just under eight feet. He said that like, is it 20 years ago? 30 years ago? It's, it's been a while. Yeah, it's so, been a while ago. Um, the world, the, the long jump, Bob Beeman. No, is it Bob Beeman? Yeah. I, I don't it's know Bob long Beeman. jump. Triple jump is Jonathan Edwards. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. Stephen Hull, maybe. No, no, he's no. A, he's a high jumper. jumper. Anyway, you're saying records aren't getting broken like they in a long time. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we like to think that, oh, yeah, we're so much smarter in how we train and, and uh, we've learned a lot of the things. Maybe. I think we've been able to help a lot more average athletes get better. But in terms of, like, the world-class, like, freaks that are uh, aliens, um, yeah. those seem to be less impacted by um, the types of new training and recovery and, and all these things that you've seen kind of emerge over the last uh, 10 years. Um, I think we were, were helping more uh, guys like me, more of the average Joes, maybe get better but uh, the best world-class athletes in the world um, seem to be more um, they, they haven't everyone's seen that kind of a benefit and that's why I'm saying that you know the records on long jump high jump uh, triple jump they've they've been around for a while which is interesting right like why why haven't we been able to and is it because we cleaned up the sports and people aren't using drugs anymore or I mean what's what's behind it. These are things I think about. I mean, it's, it's interesting. So I bet, so I bet there are still a lot of people who are using PEDs, but just they're one chemical away from whatever the, the banned substance is. So it doesn't count, you know, I mean, probably gotten smarter on how to get around yeah, those tests too. Yeah. So are you not following any particular program right now or you kind of came up with your own thing? Is that what, is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, I'm doing, I'm doing my own program, which is really a combination of, a lot of different programs that I've done over yeah. the years. Um, so yeah, it, it, but it's, 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 uh, it's kind of my spin on, uh, on what I've learned and what I feel like uh, helps me the most. What, what are you weighing right now? You, you were talking about, you knowing you're tracking your weights and all that stuff. What are you weighing? Well, I put on the quarantine 15 as they're, uh, <laughs> as they're calling it. Uh, I'm really heavy for me right now. I, 177 this morning. That's um, heavy. That's heavy for you. Yeah, that's heavy for me. Yeah. Wow. When I did the dunk contest, I was one sixty-two. Okay. Thanks. So, so yeah, I'm. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm. For me, I'm heavy. All right. I'm really heavy. <laughs> so <laughs> kind of shifting my chub, chubby cheeks. <laughs> kind of shifting gears in terms of dunk camp. Can you can you explain how you pull off an event like that and what goes into the planning? 
Like, how, how did you think about that? Did you think, ah, oh, there's got to be a way to assemble the world's greatest dunkers in one place, and we're going to do it in Utah? <laughs> you know, it's like, it's kind of, kind of a, an odd concept if you think about it, but you made it work. So how, how did that happen? Yeah, the genesis of the idea was um, uh, Dallin Finley and I, uh, who's an uh, amazing dunker, pro dunker that's based here in Utah. We got invited to go down to Florida and dunk with uh, some of the best dunkers in the world. Jordan Kilgannon was there. It was my, the very first time I got to meet him. Um, Isaiah Rivera was there. CD Champion was there. Jordan Sutherland was there. Um, so, uh, Nico, Stephen Selly, of course. Yep. Um, Peter, there were, there were crazy, crazy dunkers that were there. And, and uh, we flew down. We spent like five days. Uh, and all we did was dunk, eat, sleep, dunk. And it was like being at a basketball camp or yeah. a dunk camp, kind of. And that's where the idea came from. I was like, I, I remember specifically the moment uh, I was sitting. We were all chilling in the hot tub. And I just asked Jordan Kilgan and my – 900th question on on how he trains and what he does for this and what he does for that because I'm a, I'm a huge Jordan Kilgannon fan he's my favorite dunker and nice. I just could not believe I was sitting here in the hot tub hanging out with Jordan Kilgannon asking him every question and he was so nice and helpful and friendly and and just so cool I was like I can't believe I'm doing this this is this is crazy I like people would love to do this. I'm not can't be the only one that would love to sit around talking to pro dunkers, asking them questions and learning from them, dunking with them, um, and then you know being on the same court with him. I mean, it's one thing to see these guys dunk on video. I promise you, seeing in person is I believe. Oh, it. I I was at the Unreal. show uh, in Utah because I remember I was living there, so I I was in. A oh, thing. yeah, I saw him. And even you know uh, what I mean. Connor Barth is from the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Yeah. He came and visited uh, in, his parents in Fort Worth uh, a couple months ago, and we just drove to Fort Worth, and there were like 10, 15 people there, and we all just had a, a dunk session at a 24-hour fitness. It was like – Yeah, I, I, think, I think it's guys like you and Steven Selly and people that want to build that community that make that idea of meeting up with people randomly just to – share their passion kind of like okay this is cool we can do it like and then record it and I think that's awesome but yeah we cut you off go ahead and yeah. continue your story <laughs> that's 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 where the idea came from and um so just started thinking about it, you know I, I loved going to basketball camp as a kid I thought it was so fun and um but there's no dunk camp there should be a dunk camp and um so I just started trying to figure out how to do it and uh start throwing that idea around i talked to to jordan and isaiah and and um uh, these guys that i'd become friends with over the course of um my kind of dunk journey because of social media i was i was friends had become friends with a lot of the pro dunkers and so it was pretty easy just to since i already knew them i think it would have been maybe maybe harder to do if i didn't have relationships with with these guys you know but I already knew him, so I I told him what the idea was, and and um, we started working on how to pull it off. And I live in Utah, so um, made sense to be here because um, I had access to some really amazing facilities. And and uh, Utah's beautiful; it's it's pretty affordable. 
Um, so I didn't, I didn't want to try and do this like in, you know, New York or LA because yeah. I knew that the, the cost to do it would be substantially higher yeah. uh, for, for me and for everybody else. So it would, it would, it would have made Dunk Camp a lot more expensive. Just, just you get a hotel, you know, for example, in one of those big cities. Because a lot of people are like, well, Dunk Camp, that should be, that should be in New York or somewhere like that. And, oh, and, um, so, but yeah, that's, that, that's where the idea came from. And, and here we were coming up on our, our third year here um, next month. And unfortunately, it's going to get changed to a, a virtual session. But that's, that's where it came from. That's where uh, the, how many months of planning goes into that? Getting all the facilities, booking all the different people that are going to present at different times and like how much planning really goes into it. It's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. Se several months. I mean, I mean, I do most of it over the course of a year, uh, kind of figuring it out because the, um, making sure people are available and, and, uh, getting it all, all booked out. So yeah, it's kind of all year long kind of do, uh, planning of different aspects of it. And when you get, you know, closer to it, you've got to nail down more and more what's uh, going to be on the agenda and all, all that kind of stuff. But I have to have at least a pretty good idea what it's going to be, you know, many, many months in advance. Like we opened, I think we opened registration for this year's camp in October. So um, you have to have it, you know, planned out for sure. Pretty far, pretty far in advance. And the camp is global. So uh, and we had people signed up from 15 different countries uh, yeah, for, for this year. So people, uh, plan, um, basically I think about a year in advance, you know, something they, they really look forward to. And, and, uh, so yeah, it's, it's a long, it's a long process. And in some respects you could consider dunk camp as kind of the, the epicenter of the dunk community because everyone that's like at the highest level is there, at least not everyone, but most, you know, most of the names you're familiar with. Where do you foresee the dunk community going? Do you think it's kind of hitting an all-time high, or do you think it's just going to keep growing bigger and bigger every year? I think it's going to keep going. Um, you know, there's, there's rumors going around about me maybe being in the Olympics, and uh, certainly if that happens, that's going to uh, really change things because you're going to have people then uh, taking it very even more serious than they do now because of, of an Olympic dream that they, they may have. So that would really, really change things. I, I don't know um, where that is, but there's been some rumors about that. And I hope it happens. I think it deserves to be there. Uh, certainly we have some, some sports and Olympics that you kind of, you know, you kind of scratch your head a little bit about like curling from, from Canada. I think that's where it maybe originated, but um, I mean, come on, if curling can be in the Olympics, we, <laughs> we, should, have, we should have dunking. Um, but I mean, we've seen this, you know, surfing got added to the Olympics, snowboarding got added to the Olympics, some of these golf sports did. that golf was added to the last golf was added. I didn't, yeah. I didn't know that. Yep. So there's definitely a place for it. And, um, I think that would really, uh, I hope it happens. Uh, I think these, these guys that do, uh, at the highest level of dunking, they're world-class athletes and, and I would love to see them get the opportunity to showcase that that uh their athleticism and their talent and um, i don't know people outside of it really understand how hard it is to do uh, what they do it really is uh it's amazing it's beautiful to watch i think it's art and we we should celebrate it and it should be on on the olympic stage so i really hope that happens
but even if it doesn't, I still think you're going to see um, uh, the sport grow. Um, we got more and more people that want to come to camp and it's uh, dunking is obviously not an American passion uh, by itself. It, I mean, dunking is a global phenomenon and passion that people love all over. And I don't, I don't know. I can't really explain it, but there's just something ridiculously fun about taking a round ball and slamming it through a rim. It's just, really really fun yeah it's like it's iconic you know uh, we're big golfers so we kind of uh equated it to long drive how that's becoming more popular now too it taking Mm -hmm. one event putting as much power into it but dunking almost has a gymnastics element to it with the you know in the middle of the air acrobatics that you have to do and and then the contest is judged like a gymnastics competition where you know, the, the clean, the cleanliness of your movement, you know what I mean? So it's almost like, yeah. it is like an art, but also still has that explosive element. So it is pretty cool. But I guess to wrap things up, um, you know, where can people follow you and, and what do you want to plug while you have a spotlight on you? <laughs> uh, yeah. So my Instagram is over the hill dunker and, uh, then the dunk camp is, uh, just the dunk camp is the handle for, for that. And, yeah, please go follow. Please go check it out. Uh, I have a YouTube channel as well. Uh, I mostly post on Instagram these days, but if you want to go back and see kind of my dunk journey uh, and my attempt to, to be in a dunk contest at age uh, 43, 44, that's out there on, on YouTube. And um, you can check that out. Um, just, just search Andy Nicholson on, on YouTube and, and you'll find it. And um, yeah, if you're interested in dunking or jumping, uh, please, uh, check out the dunk camp we'd love to have you come and attend and, and this year we it may eat may actually make it easier for for some folks that can't travel or um you know for, for whatever reason couldn't come in person we're going to do this virtual uh dunk camp and we're actually going to open it up to uh people outside the camp who um you know weren't already signed up for right the dunk camp it's a good idea. Uh, 2020 yeah. so we'll be able to bring in um uh, some additional people that weren't planning to come to camp this year, but could still participate through uh, this glorious uh, technology that we have. So, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good way to yeah. make a positive out of a, a negative situation. So I'm glad you're glad you're being resourceful about it. Well, thanks a lot for taking time to speak with us. I know you didn't have to, but we appreciate it. And I'm sure we'll pick your brain about whether we want to try to build our community here in Dallas. So I, we'll, we'll be in touch about that, I'm, I'm sure. So thanks a lot. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys, and uh, was looking forward to meeting you in person uh, next month, but we'll have to, to do that sooner than later. Sounds good. Sounds good. See ya. Take care. Thanks, guys. See ya.